With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. to another episode of Purple Insider. Matthew Collar here along with CBS Sports Draft Analyst Chris Trapasso. Chris, uh, so much happening in the NFL right now. Uh, I want you to tell me right now this second how every single thing that's happened this offseason affects the draft. Go. Uh, man, that would be probably an entire series of episodes uh, that we'd have to probably spend from right post-draft until the start of the season. That's what I was saying uh, to a, uh, a CBS sports producer. I, I did a hit today, and it was like, being a draft analyst, I, I love it for football season because it's like, by the time we get to September, it's like I have to know a lot about almost every roster in the entire league. But now it's like talking about draft needs and prospect fits. I'm like, wait, so the Dolphins have Tyreek Hill – and Devonte Adams is not on the Packers anymore. There's like more layers to the free agent and trade uh, market that I've ever can remember. So it's like I, I need to kind of brush up not only on the prospects as we're heading in, you know, a month away from the draft, but also like remembering where new players are because there's been so much movement. Well, why don't we play your intro first and then we can okay. get into uh, some stuff, some competitive rebuild talk. And then uh, I just want to do a mock that leads up to the Vikings pick, but I've got a twist to throw in. But first this. Good evening and welcome to the NFL draft. Draft season is here. Come on, come on. There you go. To break down every need. They're not going to pick a quarterback. They need offensive linemen. They need defense. Every pro day. He had a phenomenal pro day. Explosive, really good in the three cone, the broad jump. And every mock. You could probably tell me if you think the Vikings would actually do it. I can tell you as a draft analyst that they absolutely should. Welcome to the Chris Trapasso Draft Show on Purple Insider. This is a good podcast to listen to leading into the draft. Yeah, I love my little cheesy, obvious statement at the end that just says, this is a good podcast to listen to leading up to the draft. <laughs> like That was something I actually said in an episode, but it looks like I just couldn't come up with like a tagline for this. And you guys pulled it out, and it's like a funny ending to that awesome intro. Yes, uh, Manny Hill, who's the creator of that, just uh, he really gets it. He really gets how to mm-hmm. put all that together, especially with the Roger Goodell booing and everything else. It's his it's his super talent. So, um, OK, here's what I want to ask, because you introed by mentioning like, hey, I've got to pay attention to every single team in the league, which is uh, not always easy. And you do radio hits and you go on CBS and they just go, uh, Chris, this team, what are they doing? And you're supposed to know. So here's my question. As you look around the league, 
Uh, there are teams that are trying to do the same thing as the Minnesota Vikings, which Kwesi Adafo Mensa called a, quote, competitive rebuild. Um, and there are other teams who have decided to do less competitive rebuilds. Uh, so Jacksonville, for example, the New York Jets, teams that were really bad. And some teams that did competitive rebuilds where they tried, say, keeping Matt Ryan in Atlanta, for example. Uh, you know, there's other teams that have tried to do this. Um, Pittsburgh even going back to another year of Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, can it work is my question. I'm not trying to make this a leading question. I just want your opinion of can a team, philosophically speaking, stay competitive, get, you know, play for the playoffs, and still rebuild its roster for the future. So I think it, it can work and it leads back to the point that we've really hammered home that you and I can sit here and say, swing for the fences, you know, shoot for the moon and just gut your roster and just it's either Super Bowl or broke. But these are real people with jobs that want to keep them. And if the Vikings winning nine games, you know, gets this new regime off on the right foot in what right now looks like a relatively weaker uh, NFC, um, especially with all the or most of the player movement going from NFC to AFC, a lot of the quarterbacks, then I think that's completely fine. And then you can figure out what to do later. Um, maybe you're not going to have that high draft pick to pick a CJ Stroud in 2023 or whoever that you know top tier quarterback is. But not every single quarterback was uh, that became good was the number two or the number three or the number four overall pick. Um, you know, a lot of times. Josh Allen was the seventh overall pick. Yes, the Bills traded up for him. Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes picked later. So I, I like the fact that um, it's a new regime starting this, and they're younger, smarter people um, running this Vikings organization. And again, I don't think really any coach or any GM wants a three and fourteen season on their resume, even if it leads to a brighter future. Teams are always trying to win every single season. Okay, so lots of follow up questions. Uh, one being. How will they do it or should they do it to make it new and progressive? Because at the moment, we haven't seen the signs. And that doesn't mean that uh, I think Kwesi Adafo Mensa should be fired. I just want to see something that I can grab onto to say, oh, now I get what they're doing. Because you mentioned that um, there are some sort of uh, avant-garde approaches to this where teams like the Rams kind of go all in and make some crazy moves and blow everybody's mind. And then it eventually works for them. There are other teams that have done that, that have not had it work so much. Uh, when the Cleveland Browns were being run by Sashi Brown, uh, they did some kind of crazy stuff. Uh, they were a team that said, we'll acquire somebody for you to take him off your cap uh, situation. Oh, if you just give us a draft pick or something like that. And I think when Kwesi Adafo Mensa took over, my feeling was that they were immediately going to do some stuff that we thought, okay, hacking the system that they've got it all figured out and they're, they're finding all the edges. And so far what we have is extensions for players who they would have extended otherwise. And we have um, nothing that's been done to the rebuild part of it. And I do think that you can play the middle. I think that's possible, but I think what you brought up is that it almost has to go along with drafting a quarterback if you're going to use the word rebuild, because otherwise 
there hasn't been any rebuilding part. There's no evidence of anything rebuilding. And so drafting a quarterback would have to be a big part of that. I guess I'm just waiting on, like, I agree with you that the sentiment was you're bringing in an outside the box thinker, but yet we have not seen any of the outside the box thinking. Yeah, that's a really good point with that. I, I guess, I mean, like, not that we're totally disagreeing here, but that my thought of what the Vikings have done as kind of an outsider is it's not even going to be a rebuild. I know he said competitive rebuild, which is kind of like a seems like an oxymoron. But I think that now being in that everything is instant and we've kind of been in this era for what the last decade now. So to say just in 2022, we're in the instant gratification era is kind of uh, not correct. I, I just think that they're going to try to just be decently good every year and hope to hit on their draft picks to say, Hey, we signed Zadarius Smith. He seems pretty ticked off at Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. We want to have a great pass rush. We have a, you know, elite young wide receiver. We have the, you know, twilight years of Adam Thielen. We still love Delvin cook. The offensive line's a little better. Let's try to get into the playoffs, maybe get a few bounces our way, win a game or be competitive in the playoffs. And then next year, just keep going from there. I, I could see a young GM being so interested in gutting the roster and and trying to hack the system. And I can also see him saying, look, I don't want to go into year two with a, like I said, a four and 13 season. Let's just try to be good every year and maybe not, you know, shoot for the raw upside players at, at every position, including quarterback next year, if they're picking 16 and Bryce Young is there, the, the Alabama quarterback, um, or even if, he needs to be traded up to to select, trade a second or a third runner to get that quarterback. I, I could see them just being like, hey, let's try to be a decent team. We don't want to do this three to five year rebuild because a lot of times, like it was the case in Miami, those GMs and coaches don't last as long as the vision ultimately was at the outset of a rebuild. Right. And uh, the last general manager, um, decided to do this and this got him fired. So exactly. like to, exactly. to, to stay where they were at as opposed to tearing it all down. And so that is what uh, I think makes it tricky to understand is if the last guy who just lost his job was doing what you're doing, the competitive rebuild, they sort of tried this. Um, it doesn't mean that it can't succeed. It just means that I have a tough time finding examples of it succeeding. So if you're going to try something new and something outside the box, I want to see what that is. And otherwise it's going to feel like the old uh, general manager. But I think the point you're kind of getting to is like, look, it's been several weeks since he's been the general manager. Like we cannot just say that everything that he was ever going to do is done today. And I think that's fair. Um, you know, even the Buffalo Bills, an example that comes up a lot because they are number one in the Super Bowl odds at this moment of a team that's had a lot of success in rebuilding that first year with Sean McDermott. Um, they kept Tyrod yeah, Tyra yeah. Taylor. They went nine and seven, and then they eventually had to live in reality about what Tyrod Taylor was and, and so forth. It just felt like that was last year for everyone of the we've got to live in reality now. And this year. Yeah, I'm not so sure. I feel like you're just on a path to end up as the Falcons. But now let me ask this question to follow up because you said that you really have to draft well. They have not drafted well in recent years outside of Justin Jefferson. And that could be the difference. I mean, if you're talking about how you could stay in the middle, this would be the New Orleans Saints thing. And of course, they had Drew Brees. That's not like having Kirk Cousins. But 
They drafted what? Lattimore. They drafted Alvin Kamara. They drafted Michael Thomas. Uh, they just hit, they just hit on a bunch of guys that turned out to be really, really good. I don't know if relying on that is a great idea, but that would be the one way you could see it aside from just drafting a quarterback and then trying to set him up with a good team when you eventually turn it over to him. Yeah, definitely. And and it's another reason why I'm super grateful and I love being a draft analyst because I really believe that the draft, regardless, like we're in this era now of every team is trying to trade first rounders to get that marquee talent. Drafting is the most important thing any team does. Like even looking at the Rams, looking at the Buccaneers, oh, they traded for Matthew Stafford and Tom Brady. Well, yeah, they drafted Mike Evans. They drafted Chris Godwin in the third round. All those secondary members, Jamel Dean, uh, Carlton Davis, Antoine Winfield Jr., all like not even first round picks that ultimately are really, really good players. And I think the Vikings are closer to that than a team like the Falcons that you looked at that Falcons roster last year and you're like, okay, they drafted a tight end, a really good tight end inside the top five. And there's Grady Jarrett. And then who else? Like AJ Terrell played pretty well at corner, but it's like, man, that was a pretty barren roster. That's why it seems so strange for them to restructure him. And they were on the cusp of doing it again before trading him. I think, like I mentioned with Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, Brian O'Neill, we don't know what Christian Derrissaw is going to be, but he he flashed a little bit early. Um, you still have Eric Hendricks. You still have Harrison Smith. It's like, I, I could see them going in saying, hey, like we, we could make the playoffs this year. We could be the Bills of 2017 that just goes above 500, makes the playoffs. All right, successful year. Okay, Kirk, maybe we got to you know figure things out with you. And then you can just look at your roster contract-wise as we've seen so many teams restructure and cut players unexpectedly and trade guys when we never thought it could be possible, the Vikings could have that next offseason. Maybe it does take a step back. Maybe it's, quote-unquote, a wasted season. But I think, again, these these general managers and coaches, and I think the fans would like to see a winning team. I think, yes, there are some other fans that would say, I'd rather see the team go 3-14 and 14 to get a tied draft pick and do the, the long rebuild. But I think it's a little dicey to go to an ownership group and say, give me four years. It sounds great at the beginning, but I think like we saw with, with Brian Flores, Chris Greer in Miami, a lot of times that's not going to be how long you're going to get if the results are not quick. And it, it, to me, puts a huge emphasis on the draft. Yes, you want more roles at the table, but then if you have nine picks and you only hit on two of them, then your roster doesn't get that much better and then you pick the wrong quarterback, Tua over Justin Herbert, then you're kind of hamstrung a little bit. So, yes, the draft is the most important, and, and I just think that they're like, hey, let's maybe just figure out this rebuild if we need to do it into the future. But this year we still have enough good players to be competitive in a weekend NFC. Yeah, and I think that um, trying to sell the ownership of the Vikings on taking the thing apart, which I think they clearly did since they took offers on everybody. I mean, Mm -hmm. it was out there that they were taking trade offers on Daniel Hunter, on Kirk cousins, on Adam Thielen and Harrison Smith. And they ultimately ended up with, we can't really get anything for these guys except for future cap flexibility. And I think that's where it's, criticizable the most is that you didn't help yourself down the road. Should you end up in that situation that you laid out? Should you go nine and eight this year and say, I mean, nine and eights a a coin flip to make the playoffs. So let's say you don't and uh, you just lose out on tiebreakers or something. Then what did you accomplish for this year? Aside from void years down the road that don't make things easier on you, because I think that if they hadn't done that part, if they hadn't extended cousins and I know they needed to create cap space, but if they didn't do it by 
hurting themselves potentially down the road, which even could have included extending Daniel Hunter as opposed to just, you know, transferring his roster bonus over um, and kicking some of that down the road. Then I think I would have got it more and I would have understood. There's another part of this that is the fans have been watching this middling thing for a long time. And I think that when you're a new GM, like you probably don't get that. You're like, well, I'm new here. So I get whatever number of years, like when a college coach takes over a program, like you can't judge me in year one, but this is year five and you extended cousins to year six. And so, you know, you just sort of go round and round in this conversation. But I, I mean, I think that you're being very, very fair to say like, Hey, you know, they might try to make the playoffs and then like look forward and see how they do in this draft and see where they are. Cause if they bust out on every pick in this draft, then it's good. Then it's going to force them to do a complete rebuild next year. It just feels so much like kicking the can down the road again and not seeing the instant results of what you expected when you moved out the old guy and moved in the new guy. Yeah, it definitely does. And I'm certainly not going to assert that I have this figured out and you don't like, I I'm just trying to kind of paint of like paint the picture of what could be going through their minds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. And yes, a lot of what you said about like kicking the can down the road, extending older players. I, I think too, there's a thought and, maybe this is hubris. Maybe it's, it's, it's wrong for these guys to think this, but for a new GM and a new head coach, new coaching staff to come in to me, it's not crazy for them. I mean, a lot of times in those situations, those new pieces say, Hey, I want my own guys, get everybody out mm-hmm. of here. Yep. I could see Kevin O'Connell saying, Hey, I can get the best out of Kirk cousins. We haven't mm-hmm. seen the best Kirk cousins yet. Is that probably wrong? Yeah. I mean, we, we know who Kirk cousins is at this point. But coming from the Sean McVay system, that's very quarterback friendly. I could see them saying, hey, we don't want to trade Eric Hendricks for a sixth round pick. Like, what does that really do for us? Like you mentioned, if they were, you know, getting those trade offers, but they just didn't accept any because the offers weren't good enough. I can see them being like, hey, let's see. Let's use this our first year as the evaluation year Mm -hmm. for some of the 28 and up uh, like players on this roster. Guys, 28 years old or older and say, okay, after this season. Should we keep Eric Kendrick? Should we keep Harrison Smith? Should we try to trade him? Should we just move on? What should we do? That's what I kind of think they could be doing just from a coaching perspective as well, just to see how these new uh, coaches, the the impact that it has on some of these established players. Yeah, no, I appreciate your perspective on this because, uh, you know, I think that there's a lot of frustration from fans in looking at it and saying, we've done this. We've tried this competitive rebuild. It has not worked. And why is this going to be different? I think that those people are making a very, very fair point. And I, I, but I do think there's another half of the audience that is saying, okay, let's not throw Quasi overboard just yet. Right. Like let's, let's not uh, decide that this era has failed before it even gets started. It's just that a lot of people will send me messages of like, talk me into this working. And I'm like, uh, you know, if you look at Atlanta or some team that's sort of similar to you, it's not, it's, it's hard for me to talk you into how this year makes you better now or later. So mm-hmm. anyway, well, we've got some other fun things to do. I've got scouting report Mad Libs that I need you to fill in and we're going to have some fun with. But I also wanted to do now that there's been some changes around the league and I wanted to throw in a twist a mock draft leading up to the Vikings pick, and then we can decide who the Vikings will pick. So here's how I want to do it. You'll make the first pick, then I'll make the second, and then we'll go on from there back and forth until we get to the Vikings, okay? Okay. So 
Let's start off. You go first, Jacksonville Jaguars. Who will they pick in uh, Aiden what Hutchinson? We should, we should call uh, it like the Purple Insider Mach 1.0. There we go. Purple Insider Mach 1.0 with the first Say pick. Say it more intense. Say it more intense. More with intense. the first pick in the Purple Insiders Mock Draft 1.0. 1.0! The, the Jacksonville Jaguars, after franchise tagging Cam Robinson, select Aiden Hutchinson, the edge rusher for Michigan. Hey, everybody, I've been making my meals from HelloFresh, and I have to tell you, I cannot make enough of these things. And if I can make them, literally anyone can. With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh, pre-portioned ingredients, seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip the trips to the grocery store. Count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. One of the nice things for me as I'm grinding the football tape is that HelloFresh Cuts back on the time spent in the kitchen. Meals are ready in around 30 minutes or less, plus their quick and easy meal options, including 20-minute recipes, low prep, easy cleanup. They provide an even faster route to putting food on the table. You guys know we love stats on the show. How about this one? HelloFresh is 72% cheaper than a restaurant meal of the same quality, and you can save on average over $65 per month when you order HelloFresh instead of grocery shopping. That's more money to put toward your NFL draft guides. How about that? Uh, we've been cooking HelloFresh meals here in the house for the last couple of weeks. Just made the Parmesan chicken the other night, and uh, it's a game changer, guys. So go to HelloFresh.com. That's HelloFresh.com slash Insider16. HelloFresh.com slash Insider16. Use the code Insider16 for up to 16 meals for free and three free gifts. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, your intensity is like a three out of ten right yeah, now. Yeah, I got to turn we'll, up. We'll I just can't get it. that excited about the Jaguars, I think. Uh, but you can't get excited about Purple Insider Mach 1.0. Uh, all right, so here's the twist. Here's the twist. The twist is that the Lions are picking Malik Willis with the number two overall pick. That's the I twist. Like it. I like all right. it. Uh, because that's what I wanted to talk about and why I did this. Um, good idea, you think? I think it is. I, I had this in my latest mock draft. I have, I think, four or five more to go. I'm very excited once I do my last mock draft every draft cycle. It makes a lot of sense. You're picking number two overall. You don't want to pick there again. You have Jared Goff. You have the infrastructure to not start uh, Willis right away. He is that talented, big arm, athleticism quarterback that everyone's looking for. Uh, I think learning from Jared Goff, who's kind of the opposite quarterback as him, is great. And you have that pick at number 32 overall. So you can still get like a, a quality, you know, technically first round player at the last pick in round one. 
pick Malik Willis and he could move the needle more for you than an offensive lineman here after picking Penny Sewell. They have Taylor Decker too. There, there's not really a guy. I mean, I, I love Kyle Hamilton, but I don't know if you want to pick a safety that ran four, five, nine at number two overall um, for as good as I think Kyle Hamilton is sauce Gardner. You just picked Jeffrey Akuda at number three, two years ago, another big over, you know, oversized, super clean film corner. That's not, was not good as a rookie and then got injured. I think they should just pick Malik Willis and just say, Hey, look, if eight games in Jared Goff looks terrible, we might start him, but we are re- truly trying to do the Trey Lance, Patrick Mahomes, red shirt for Malik Willis. If you're the lions. And my thing on Willis for why this is a good idea is the ceiling is super, super high and you'll get a year to see him in practice preseason, all those things to mm-hmm. get a feeling for how far away he is from that ceiling or if he'll ever reach it. Because in reality, these teams know at the end of having a year from having somebody in practice every day, um, that whether they can do it or not, like they usually have some sense for it, how far that player has come. If he doesn't grow at all, then, you know, it's probably not going to happen. And then they could draft another one if they have to down the road. It's always better to draft a quarterback before you feel like you absolutely need one. And that's where the lions are and being able to push on their timeline, sort of down the road a year, develop the players. They have your Amon Ross St. Brown type guys who sort of showed up on the scene last year, whoever you draft 32nd overall, I think it's just the right thing to do for them. And are you overdrafting him by like, I don't know, whatever, you know, whatever ranking you probably have, right? Like, yeah, sure. Like there are better prospects with fewer flaws, but there's nobody who could have a bigger organizational impact, right? Then Malik Willis. And, And the thing with his running is, and we've seen this from Josh Allen throughout his development that, and even, um, uh, Jalen hurts last year, even if you're behind in some of the other stuff, you can make up yardage that way. And Allen got them to the playoffs at 10 and six, not even throwing the ball. Well, and the same goes for Jalen hurts to me. It's a perfect fit for Detroit. And then if you're the Vikings, if that happens, you're going Justin Fields and uh, the other guy and Malik Willis, they better not be good. So I, I almost think it's almost (laughs) like, you know how we do the, like, should you go for fourth down? Like, well, what does the other team want you to do? If the other team wants you to kick the field goal, then you should go for it. If I'm Detroit, if the Vikings want you to not pick the high ceiling quarterback, you should pick them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think all those points are spot on. Uh, and it's more so too, and I was kind of leading into it. Who are they going to pick there? Like, it would make sense. It's like, oh, like if they didn't pick Penny Sewell last year, it's like, okay, they'll pick Evan Neal. They'll pick Iki Aquanu. I get that. There's just not that alignment of the top tier prospects, non-quarterbacks, and what the Lions technically need, I you know they're still rebuilding. They really have holes everywhere. But after just picking Penny Sewell uh, and having Aiden Hutchinson likely go in front of them, I don't think they want to roll the dice on Kayvon Thibodeau there. Just pick Malik Willis and then see what happens. Okay, number three pick. We'll work our way to the Vikings and then make right. that selection together. So uh, let's see. You picked Aiden Hutchinson one, Malik Willis two. On the clock is the Houston Texans, who are still apparently an NFL franchise. Yeah, barely. With the third pick in the Purple Insider mock draft 1.0, 1. 0, 1. 0. Houston, the Houston Texans select Trayvon Walker, edge rusher, Georgia. Oh, wow. Okay. Trayvon Walker. I'm not a huge right. fan of him, but it feels like he's going to go super high. Really? Because right. of the this combine, Georgia, all that. Um, 
he, that like he's just been shooting up the draft board since the combine. Mm-hmm. People, you'll hear people say like, "Oh, look, it's the tape that's number one," and then it'll be like, "Oh my god, look how fast he ran!" <laughs> exactly. Every time, I don't want to spend a lot of time on the Texans' needs, so I'm just gonna I'm gonna do like Lavar Burton and take your word for it. Uh, all right, well, I will go the New York Jets with Kayvon Thibodeau here. They've got their quarterback for right now, and they just need ball players. So I like Kayvon Thibodeau a ton. I think he's the guy that is going to slip a little bit just because he was always talked about as the top guy, and we sort of overanalyze people like him. So the Jets are going to take Kayvon Thibodeau, and we go on to the New York Giants. Okay, with that happening, the Giants are going to pick Evan Neal, the offensive tackle from Alabama. They have Andrew Thomas, the left tackle. Malik Willis is gone. I think had he been there, they maybe would have thought about it, even though they've been weirdly very much behind Daniel Jones at this point uh, with Evan Neal. I think his film was better in 2020 when he was playing right tackle as opposed to last year at left tackle. Plug him. He's plug and play. He looks ridiculously skinny for 337 pounds. He can probably add 20 pounds to his frame without losing any athleticism. Evan Neal to the Giants at five. Okay. Like it. Uh, Giants are another team that you could pick a lot of things and it would make sense. They, honestly, the Giants need to set up their offense for the next quarterback. It just feels like this is the year that we go, okay, Daniel Jones is a backup quarterback and that's fine or a journeyman, but he's not going to transform your franchise because of Brian Dable. All right. With the sixth pick in the purple insider mock one point out, I'm going to say that the Panthers trade their first pick for Matt Liner. No, wait, they already traded picks for a huge bust for no reason. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> yep, exactly. Uh, let's see. Now this is a little hard because they're bad and uh, they could do almost anything. So I'm going to go with, they will take Derek Stingley jr. The mm. corner out of LSU with the sixth overall pick. Um, they don't have a quarterback. So kind of like nothing else matters, but I don't think that they're stacked at corner either. They traded for Stefan Gilmore last year. That didn't work out really at all. So I'll go Derek Stingley Jr. to the Carolina Panthers at six. Yeah, one note that I'll say, it kind of feels like the Panthers, whatever happens at number six, it's going to be looked at in a bad light because they need quarterbacks so bad. Mm-hmm. And if if it's not Malik Willis, so like if they pick Malik Willis, I think people would be like, okay, good job. You know, there's your guy. If they like really reach quote unquote on Kenny Pickett and there's like the, oh, well, Matt Rule knew him from their time together at Temple or when he was a Temple recruit, it's going to be like, really? He signed another guy that he knew from Temple or, or, you know, drafted it in this case. And then anything else they do, it's like they, they just drafted JC Horn. Do they need an offensive lineman? Yes. But is that really going to help Sam Darnold be good or Cam Newton if they resign him? No. So the Panthers are, have been kind of run into the ground by Matt Rule and whatever they do at six, I think it's going to be just looked at in a bad light. Yeah, offensive line would make some some sense for them. Uh, yeah, but but they, but they have painted themselves into a corner with this quarterback thing, almost like they put their yeah. eggs entirely in the Deshaun Watson basket, and now mm-hmm. are just lost. And I saw the greatest headline was uh, the Baker Mayfield and the Panthers have mutual disinterest in each other. <laughs> it's just like, and so does everybody else in those two yeah. parties. Uh, all right. So number we are seven giants again. again. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So this is weird how this is kind of unfolded, but we've seen crazier things happen on draft night. Um, number seven, overall New York giants. They're going to pick Kyle Hamilton, the safety from Notre Dame. I think they would have loved Kayvon Thibodeau to fall, maybe even 
you know, a a corner potentially, but I think Kyle Hamilton gives them a lot more um, versatility. And Brian Dable and Joe Shane coming from Buffalo, having you know interacted with Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde, and, and have seen how important safety is today, they pick Kyle Hamilton at seven. Okay, I think there's some big, giant, angry offensive linemen who can't believe that they have not been drafted yet on the board. This always happens where we name far too many people as top five picks than are actually going to be. Or first-rounders. There's like 50 (laughs) first-rounders. Right, right. Uh, Next pick is the Atlanta Falcons, and this is one where they might trade down or something. But I'm going to say that they take Matt Corral with this draft pick Mm. uh, because they have Marcus Mariota as their quarterback. Uh, He's from Ole Miss. I don't know, just, you know, put two and two together. They can start to build their roster with Marcus Mariota, a competitive rebuild, so to speak, and start with a developmental quarterback. Is he being overdrafted? Of course he is, but this is kind of how you have to do it um, if you're going to take a quarterback here because the teams on the way, Seattle and Washington, also are quarterback needy. So I'm going to go with Matt Corral as the a little bit surprising number eight overall pick. Okay, so for the Panthers at six, you had Sauce Gardner. Uh no, I or had De- uh, Derek Stingley Jr. You had Derek Stingley. Okay. Yeah. Um. So so number nine with the Seahawks, we have two quarterbacks off the board. I don't think they're going to be that excited about Kenny Pickett mm-hmm. at number nine. Uh, I think again, if Malik Willis was there, there's similarities to Russell Wilson. Um. So at number nine, the Seattle Seahawks are going to pick Iki Aquanu, the offensive tackle from North Carolina State. They finally address offensive line. Strangely, after they trade Russell Wilson, when they kind of ignored that position <laughs> or, or were just very bad at drafting it during the Russell Wilson era. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that would be some some sweet irony for him. But that, I mean, that's the thing is that one of these positions and probably offensive line is it is going to see some of these guys slip to the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, so now we're with the Jets and I'm going to go Sauce Gardner here. I can't tell you what the Jets secondary looks like because I have looked but I'm assuming it's bad. <laughs> yeah, right. The I, cornerback room is like, it's literally guys that you think are like made up like in year seven of a like Madden diamond. <laughs> okay. Seriously. then All right. Well, uh, well done me. Then uh, I am now the GM of the jets, just picking random corners, but sauce Gardner goes there. So Vikings fans are crying some sad tears that the top two corners are off the board. And now we are on to football team. Um, do you believe that they would take a quarterback here? I don't think so. I, I mean, maybe this is a little bit of my bias, liking uh, Malik Willis more than any of the other quarterbacks. I don't think they would, again, view Kenny Pickett as that much of a potential upgrade over Carson Wentz. I would have them picking Ohio State wide receiver Garrett Wilson here. Okay. I, this feels like with the Jets at 10 and the, the football team, I'm not calling them the commanders yet. I'm not ready for it. Um, either. That feels like where the first receiver could come off the board they have terry mclaurin he's i think a borderline superstar so so underrated they need someone else curtis samuel was hurt all last year i don't really know if he can be that even high-end number two get carson wentz the guy that you traded a boatload of picks for and honored his monstrous contract get him a wide receiver yes it's a good wide receiver class but don't wait around it kind of how it's fallen they have a wide receiver need garrett wilson to the football team at 11. Makes a ton of sense. All right, now we've landed at the Vikings, and we need to have Mm. some discussion here. Yes. So uh, the Vikings do not need a tackle, and even though I am Mr. Don't Draft for Need, if you have two young, very talented tackles, you don't need Charles Cross. Uh, Here's the top guys just by PFF Simulator, which I'm tracking all of our picks with. Trent McDuffie, George Karolaftis, Drake London, 
Um, there's some linebackers I'm not going to name. Uh, Jamison Williams, uh, Devontae Wyatt, Taylor uh, Linderbaum, Jordan Davis, Chris Olave, Sam Howell is here. Um, Jermaine Johnson, people, some people are very high on. I mean, there are so many options here, man, that you know, I think that like trade down is probably the right choice, even though that would drive some Vikings fans crazy. But if we're not trading down, where would you go out of all of these top prospects? Okay, so in this scenario, I think Drake London would be my highest rated player left. Mm. Um, but what's interesting about him is that – and you kind of have to play the game of like where players will go. Like I think last year the Vikings did a great job trading back, knowing that or, or hoping or having good intel that uh, Christian Derisaw was still going to be there after they mm-hmm. traded back um, instead of just picking him in their initial slot. I think Chris Olave is going to go really early. I, I have like a, I think er, like late first or early second round grade on him, uh, but he's going to go earlier than that. He's going to go top at least top 20 because he ran as fast as he did the, the Ohio state pedigree, the, the route running ability, he tracks it well down the field. I would be okay. Even though it wouldn't align with my rankings. Uh, if the Vikings went Chris Olave for all the points that I just mentioned, I, I'm not as high on Trent McDuffie. He's more of like a, a zone cornerback. It was kind of hard to get an eval on him because they played so much zone. And it was like, he didn't allow any catches and and it was only you know eight yards per catch. Well, it's like, yeah, everything was right in front of him and he tackled it right away because he wasn't asked to play a lot of man. Um, I'm not as high on Jermaine Johnson. They just signed uh, Zadarius Smith. They have Donnell Hunter still. I, I would just go Chris Olave or Drake London here because like we've said, you know, it's quarterback. And after that wide receiver moves the needle more than anything else. Folks, the hockey and basketball teams here in town are headed down the stretch toward the playoffs, and you can get yourself ready by going to sodastick.com and use the code PURPLEINSIDER for 15% off all Minnesota sports-inspired goods. That's sodastick, S-O-T-A-S-T-I-C-K.com. Use code PURPLEINSIDER for 15% off. Okay, give me uh, your... Two, I'm going to throw some guys at you, sort of your two sentences, why you okay. wouldn't do it here. Uh, okay. Jordan, Jordan Davis, the absolute freak interior defensive lineman. Because he is a nose tackle who doesn't play as explosively and athletically as his combine indicates. Uh, and just not, it's not the right value. There, there's better value at the nose tackle spot later in the draft. Uh, I, I didn't even comment on your pick. I love your pick. Like I just get somebody who's going to change your game early on, like right away. Um, that's the way, if you want to get people a little bit back on board to your, we're going to do things different. Chris Olave. Uh, I mean, just, you know, somebody who can just be explosive for you and exciting right away yeah. uh, and help long-term when Adam Thielen eventually is not here. I think uh, pairing him with Justin Jefferson, like I love the pick and I'm, I'm a hundred percent on board with it. Uh, how about uh, Tyler Linderbaum? Why wouldn't you pick him there? Um, because I mean, talk about hearkening back to the past. (laughs) There is some Garrett Bradbury to him. I I think maybe because of the Iowa thing that we all just assume that every Iowa offensive lineman is super good, uh, that people aren't really alerting the masses to that, that he had shorter arms than uh, Garrett Bradbury. And he weighed 10 pounds lighter than Garrett Bradbury, who when Garrett Bradbury was 306 at the combine, whatever, 2019, everyone's like, mm-hmm. Oh my God, he's so light. And his arms are so short. Is he ever going to be strong enough? And I wrote that in my scouting report for Tyler Linderbaum, athleticism through the roof technique, the handwork, all like 
NFL level, but the power limitations you even saw in the Big Ten. So I, I think if they went Tyler Linderbaum, I think if you watched it on NFL Network, they would all say, oh, my God, what a great pick. But I think Vikings fans would be like, oh, my God, did we maybe just draft Garrett Bradbury 2.0? Well, and there, there also seems to be free agent centers available pretty often yeah. every yeah. year. Uh, any of the quarterbacks, any of the quarterbacks, Desmond Ritter, Kenny Pickett, Sam Howell, any of them. Because, you know, we were talking about earlier, take you take a quarterback. That's your long-term type of thing. Several are available, but you nodded your head no. <laughs> I don't think any of them have the upside that would be worth it. it mm-hmm. Like for me, for the Lions, yes, definitely, because it's Malik Willis. And I think that's why we're, we've uh, the – general population is like, oh, it's kind of a weaker quarterback class because it's hard to really envision for as much as I like Kenny Pickett. He's my quarterback too. It's hard to envision him as like a top five quarterback in like four years. Like, Mm -hmm. I I don't know if that's going to happen. Malik Willis is the only one that I think has a reasonable chance to do that. Maybe Desmond Ritter, but like we've talked about uh, in this series the last couple uh, weeks, he doesn't play to the athleticism that he showed Mm -hmm. at the combine. He had a quote unquote wide receiver caliber combine. And it was just on paper looks like he's the most or one of the most athletic quarterbacks ever. He's not that athletic on the football field. He's not that natural of a playmaker. So when it comes to the first round pick, even if they were to trade down or do it at 12, if they take a quarterback, I'm instantly in full support of it just because of the logic of transitioning to a quarterback. I totally get what you're saying about the upside and everything else. um, But you know, being that it hacks the system I'm, I'm, and that we're so bad at picking out which ones will be great, I'm, yes. I'm all in for it. But if they're not going to do that, love the receiver idea. All right, let's do a scouting report Mad Lib before we wrap up. Great stuff okay. on the uh, mock draft 1.0. So uh, 2.0 will come whenever we decide. Uh, all right, okay. so anybody who doesn't know how Mad Libs work, uh, I, I've taken – parts out of a uh, single words or phrases out of a scouting report for Patrick Mahomes from 2017. And uh, you're going to fill in words and then we're going to read it. Okay. So uh, there's seven different spaces in the scouting report. So the first one uh, you need to name something that you would bring to a party, something that you'd bring to a party. First thing that comes to your mind, an object you're saying. Yeah, any anything that you would just bring to a party, um, except how for about, yeah. How about an object? Don't say a friend. How about a uh, six pack of beer? All right, six pack of beer. Great. Okay, a disease that you could develop. Diabetes. Okay, a little dark <laughs> on that one. Sorry. Uh, the a thing that you repeat over and over, something you do over and over again. Uh, brush my teeth in the morning. Okay. About uh, something you do impromptu, like you you didn't plan to do it, but it just you just do it. Uh man, I'm pretty planned out these days, so that's kind of hard for me. Um, Think about uh, you know maybe like if you heard some music, maybe what we would do impromptu. Um, how about I'm not trying to give uh, a leading answer, but just that's sort of what I mean, like something that would just come to you. Uh, read a book. Okay. Big, Sometimes. big impromptu book reader. Uh, all right. A good <laughs> Sometimes personality. before bad, it happens. Sometimes. <laughs> a, a, this is all fine. Uh, a, a, <laughs> I don't great. know if this is going to work or not, just so everyone knows. I have not really tried this out. I just don't – I don't know how – if it's going to be funny or not. could be the worst thing we've ever done. So we'll see. A good personality trait. Um, 
Selflessness. Selflessness. All right. Uh, a kind of animal. Any kind Wol of animal you want. Wolverine. Wolverine. I just thought of Michigan and, uh, for some reason. Something you wear. Uh, T-shirt. Okay. All right. Let's read. <laughs> Let's read the scouting report now. Again, I've done that. I've never done a Mad Lib before. I don't really know how it works and I'm going to try it because we were just, I was reading one and I said to Sam Ekstrom, boy, this like reads like a Mad Lib. And I was like, you know what? We should actually try that. All right. So here's the scouting report on Patrick Mahomes with our Mad Lib. All right. Mahomes is a big confident quarterback who brings a variety of six packs of beers to the party. <laughs> he's developed, he's some <laughs> He's developed some bad diabetes <laughs> and doesn't have a very repeatable toothbrushing, uh, but he will have to prove that he can operate uh, with better selflessness. Oh, that's good. Uh, and the ability to read a book. That sounds kind of insulting. It doesn't and, <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> that now also true for maybe like Jamarcus Russell or something. Uh, and he has to be willing to take what the defense gives him in order to win from the pocket. Mahomes will be a Wolverine, but he's high ceiling, low t-shirt prospect. That is actually really good. That was solid, especially it because out. it was like leading responses. In, like that was a very weirdly written scouting <laughs> report in the first place. One okay. thing. That was I'm fantastic. Yeah, I'm gonna do this one. Again. Yeah, like I, I'm fine ending episodes like that. Um, I have a random pet peeve about scouting reports, and I try never mm -hmm. to do this. If you ever read one of my reports or whatever, and and you see this, please call me out. That's for any listener or you, Matt. In the strength section, you'll see athletic uh, burst off the snap is great, and then literally in the weaknesses, there will be the opposite in the weaknesses. There will <laughs> yeah. be yes. Uh, Burst leaves, burst leaves a little bit to be desired, yeah. uh, a little yeah. bit stiff. And I'm like, it happens a lot. And I'm not calling out anyone individually. There's not like someone that I know always does this. I'll just be like interested reading some scouting reports. And it's like, they almost are doing Mad Libs, like grabbing from a little chart and saying stiff, athletic, and just moving them into the sections where it's like, you can't be athletic and explosive and then stiff and have no burst. And I see that way too often during this time of year. I mean, aside of the, um, you know, his medical issue and the toothbrushing accusation and he can't read, um, <laughs> like it doesn't, it doesn't read that much crazier than some of the scouting reports no. that are just like, well, you know, my biggest thing with the scouting reports is, can you just tell me what might make him good or not good? Like, that's really all I need to know here. Um, I, you know, the, the, all these like crazy details on certain players. Uh, I, I remember I, I quote tweeted something from Matt Bowen. that was a very concise scouting report on Malik Willis. And I was like, here, this is helpful. And of course, draft Twitter was like, how dare you? How, how dare I like a, you know, six sentence scouting report. But I'm like, look, man, I mean, if you're giving me every, every detail of everything the guy's ever done, I might as well just watch all of his games back myself. Like, mm -hmm. Here's what correlates to success in the NFL. Does he do it? What could, what could work out? What could not work out? That's all I really need to know here. Yeah, I try to get down to the bare bones. Like in my scouting reports, I like never write, like in my scouting grade book, I'm never writing like was very productive in college or like was a three-time all Big Ten player. I have I just write like the traits that he has and where I think he has weaknesses. I never talk about anything else. Now, of course, we've talked about with, with quarterbacks a few episodes ago that like personality, how insecure mm -hmm. you are, how confident yeah. you are, like th that certainly factors in. But yes, I've definitely beyond the 
uh, kind of uh, oxymoron strengths and weaknesses section. There's a, a lot of times where I'm like, feel like I'm reading a novel about a offensive guard about like everything that he's done off the field and do his teammates like him or not. And I'm like, just tell me his traits that he has. And then like you mentioned, then if you're the Vikings, you can say, okay, this guy is not a fit in his own blocking scheme because he's a little bit slow and he's, he's not good getting lateral. Like that's what I, I try to think of someone either of a, uh, like a scouting department or a fan they want to read it and just say, all right, what can this guy do? What can he do? Not like all these random throw-ins that like in that Bob McGinn series that he always puts out there with all the scouts, yes. some stuff in there is like, what in the world are right. these, these scouts seem like they're bored and they're trying to just add in little nuggets about these players that are completely irrelevant. Yes. I did have a director of player personnel, former director of player personnel on the show. And he said that he always thought with scouts, the more you write, the less, you know, so I, Ooh, that's, uh, we'll, that's a good one. We'll, we'll take that uh, to heart. Anyway, next episode, we'll do scouting reports on each other. And yours is going to say lacks intensity when he screams that it's a mock draft. So because I'm not excited about mock drafts. I've done 25 <laughs> of them. I mean, this is this was 1.0 for the Purple Insider. Um, one You're last 25. point before we go. I, yeah, seriously, one every week since the start of the football season. So I'm, I'm worn out on mock drafts. Um, so my I, I wrote the NFL draft bust comparisons. Today. Oh, oh, it went I'm, live on CBS Sports. I'm sure that's going over great with all the Checked fans. Out. I, I want to read someone like I. Didn't get a lot of traction in the morning, which I was actually okay with because I figured all the Twitter uh, responses would be not very nice. Someone who I think is a Bills fan because he has a picture of Josh Allen. And like usually the, the Bills fan followers that I have are usually pretty cordial. He wrote, I like you, Chris, but this article needs a punch in the face. <laughs> so people were not too happy about even though I put a disclaimer and said, you know what? These are not my actual comparisons. This is just for fun. This is just if these guys bust, because like you mentioned in last episode, we're all, we, every comparison is always to a star and like half of the first round is not going to be good. They'll be on a different team in two or three years. Um, so I thought it was a smart article to do, but some people were not too pleased with the idea. I can't believe the internet would lack a sense of humor uh, for this. I'm shocked. <laughs> I'm totally stunned. Um, anyway, well, I love the article. I thought it was great. CBSSports.com and your Twitter at Chris Trapasso is where you can find it. Go check that out. And um, honestly, I think for real teams, they should do it. They should do, hey, mm -hmm. where's it? What, what, how could it not work out? And because there are a lot of different ways. So yep. great stuff, man. We will get together again next week for the Chris Trapasso draft show and uh, work on my scouting report. Okay. All right. Thanks, Matt.